you're down, don't wear a frown. These two girls gonna turn it around. They got a few stories that I guess you're all laughing. Cause they understand that shit flap happens. Hey everyone, welcome to Shiplap Happens. This is Julia and I am so excited to share with you guys my birth story with you. It has been a hot minute since I last put out a podcast. The last time you heard from me was back in February, um, but that is because I finally had my beautiful baby girl. Yes, I can finally tell everyone what we had. Um... Miss Charlie May entered the world on March 4th at 9.59 a.m. And I am so excited to share uh, my birthing story with you because I had an in-home birth and it was definitely one for the books as well as girlfriend's first couple weeks of her life have been nothing but non-stop and go 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 as well as lots of doctor appointments a NICU visit um yeah so I will get into that um and I know every time that I open up a podcast with you guys I share my shiplet moment for the week so I feel like ever since I have had Charlie every single day has been a shiplet moment because I am constantly learning new things with her, as well as navigating a 22-month-old, as well as she is now a one-month-old. So every single day is a shiplap moment for me. Let's just put that right right there. Um, but I guess if there was one moment, so yesterday I ended up seeing my dog um, take bunnies out of a nest and she was kind of like playing with them so I ran outside grabbed her to come inside to try and save these baby bunnies while both my children were inside and they were napping thank god but I got out some gloves and I saved two baby bunnies but the way that I did it I feel like if someone would have seen me in the backyard they'd be cracking up laughing because I had gloves on and I grabbed a cardboard box and an old stuffed duck that Bailey had and I don't know what it is guys but like baby bunnies are so cute don't get me wrong but like they're so small and it just reminded me of a mouse and just like it just like makes me quiver just thinking about it like I could not pick up these baby bunnies to save my life. I'm trying to save their life. I'm crying because I'm also hormonal as well as a new mother and just thinking if like my baby was left alone. So then I just started getting just like really emotional. So I'm out there crying. I'm like screaming because I'm trying to pick up these bunnies, but they're so fragile. And pretty much long story short, I ended up kind of like scooping them into the box and they like hopped into there for me ish because they were kind of lethargic because they were like what the frick we were just in a dog's mouth yes but they weren't punctured they weren't injured nothing um so then Brandon came home and we were walking around the backyard and then we ended up finding three more baby bunnies so a total of five baby bunnies 
ended up saving them. We found the nest. We put them back in there. So pretty much I feel like Mother Teresa. Just kidding. No, I don't. But I do feel good that I saved some baby bunnies and I called different wildlife um, experts like in our area on what to do. And they said everything that I did was correct. And that fun fact, you can actually put a bunny back into its nest and its mom comes at dawn and dusk and will feed the babies and that it is just a myth that if you touch a baby bunny that the mom will not come back. So fun fact. So I guess that's my ship wet moment and fact of the day. And now I will get into my birthing story. So her due date was March 2nd. And I was already feeling like the week prior, just so much more pressure. Um, she also was not flipping um, and putting her head down. So every time her head would go down, she would like pop right back up. So I went to the chiropractor a bunch to do some different techniques um, to open up my pelvic more. I'm asking my midwife what else to do. I'm getting on all fours to make her try and flip down. I mean, literally, I was like upside down at one point. Like, you name it, I tried flipping this girl like no other. So on Wednesday, March 3rd, I woke up and I just did not feel like myself. I was like, something's off. I'm not feeling it. It's the day after her due date. I'm just... Oh, sorry, just not in the best mood. Um, and I decided not to go to work. I stayed at home and I apparently was in labor, but I had no idea like what labor really was because with AJ, I was induced. So Brandon gets home, me, him, and AJ are playing outside. We're going on walks, playing with the chalk. Um, my parents were coming up that Wednesday night anyways because they said, you know what? If you have the baby the weekend, this weekend, we'll be here at least, so let us just come up Wednesday. So they arrived around 8 o'clock, and I was kind of like having contractions, but they felt like Braxton Hicks, and I was like, I'm just going to time them. And they're 15 minutes apart, and I was like, okay, maybe it is Braxton Hicks. Like, this isn't even a real thing. My parents get here, and within two hours... I went from 15-minute part contractions, just like meh, to five-minute part contractions where it's taking my breath away and I can't breathe. So at 10 o'clock at night on that Wednesday, I called my midwife, let her know what's going on, and kept her updated with the contractions just getting harder and closer. And I told her, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm five minutes apart. She's like, okay, I'm getting in my car and driving over right now because she's about 45 minutes away. So at this point, I am upstairs in my bedroom. AJ's asleep the entire time. Like, I just want you guys to just picture that. His room is across from our bedroom and AJ is asleep the entire time. He did not make one peep while I was laboring at all. I also am a very quiet laborer, according to my midwife. She's like, you are not even like making a peep or anything because here's my mindset. Why waste energy screaming and like moaning really loud or just yelling 
when you could be saving your energy like to push so that's just kind of like has always been just like my mindset that like why would I waste energy on screaming like screaming's not gonna help do anything um and everything so I by the time my midwife got here she went upstairs because that's where I was at in the bedroom and they set everything up, took my vitals, listened to Charlie's heartbeat, felt around where she was at, seen where I was dilated. And I was, in fact, so prior to laboring, I was already like two to three centimeters dilated like a couple weeks before. So I was dilating. I was at like five centimeters. And she's like, great, like you're moving along. This is awesome. And everyone thought I would definitely have this girl in two hours like they for sure thought she would be here before midnight because I was moving so fast lol that did not happen 12 hours of labor and let me just add 12 hours of back labor yes you guessed it I had back labor again so either my children just like to put me through a lot of pain or my body just is like Nah, we're gonna, you know, put your baby back to back to you. So therefore you have back labor. Guys, if you've never had back labor before, I can't even describe the pain. Because with AJ, I pushed through as much as I could, but then I was able to get an epidural because I was like, I need energy. With an in-home birth, I was unmedicated the entire time. So therefore I had no medicine at all and had to endure this back labor so pretty much whenever a contraction came whatever was going on in the front you're feeling it you're feeling it 10 times worse in your lower back so every time a contraction came I would look at Brandon or my mom and I go contraction like that and they knew exactly where to dig in to my back and do counter pressure because I was just in so much pain. I was puking um, as well. I puked eight different times while I was laboring and um, it was just not an enjoyable experience. So my midwife and helper are upstairs in my bedroom with me and Brandon. My parents are downstairs and um we are just doing different techniques to just keep you know me occupied as well as getting through these contractions and just moving along so i'm sitting on an exercise ball i'm sitting on this big half circle purple plastic seat that helps open up your pelvic area um i'm walking around i was able to drink water i was able to eat. I'm not saying that this was a walk in a park at all, but it was definitely so much better laboring and listening to my body at an in-home birth versus at the hospital. Like with AJ, I was in a bed the entire time. Like I wasn't able to get up. They would put me in different positions in the bed. Like I remember they um, put this the bed up and made like the queen throne they called it but I was still sitting down so with girlfriend I was able to walk around use gravity I was able to jump in the shower and that was the most magical thing ever like I 
got in there, I my midwife like took the shower head and she just ran the water just like over me as I was sitting on the big um purple half moon seat and it just I think I was in there for like 45 minutes Brandon said because at this time it's like two three in the morning I'm having just like awful back contractions I'm stuck at seven centimeters like I'm not moving along at all and my midwife was like let's just get in the shower see if you'll relax um and maybe Brandon can just sleep because he needs energy as well which side note I wish I could have slept but anyways I get into the shower and the water's running on me and it was so magical an amazing feeling and I get out and I'm thinking okay like I have to have her soon I'm still at seven centimeters. I was at seven centimeters for five hours. My body was not budging or moving and the contractions are staying the same and the back contractions are just awful. So my midwife and her helper were like, you know what, how about you just lay in bed, try to relax, be with Brandon, see if he can, you know, like relax you as well, like and let's just see um, what you do because they went downstairs and they just, you know, like wanted to give me space and they ended up sleeping down here while I was just like in so much pain upstairs. Um, so I tried laying down and I'm just like staring at Brandon and my mom ended up coming upstairs too and I just looked at them and I told them, I said, I cannot do this anymore. I need to go to the hospital. Like, I cannot do this. And Brandon, being the amazing man he is, he looked at me and he said, babe, if we go to the hospital, what are they going to do? They can't give you an epidural because you're past that point now. So honestly, you would just be in the hospital doing the same exact thing that you're doing right now. Like, you can do this. And of course, I'm like crying because I'm just in so much pain. I'm praying the entire time. And around 5 a.m., 6 a.m., my midwife comes upstairs and she's like, and at this point, I'm sitting on the exercise ball and I'm staring outside of our bedroom window and I'm just like slowly watching the sun rise up. And I'm thinking to myself, today's a new day. I need to have this girl soon. My midwife came upstairs and she said, let's jump into the shower. Today's a new day. Let's do your face routine. Like, I'm going to brush your hair. We're going to redo your hair. You're going to feel like a new person. Let's get this going. So I jump into the shower um, and everything. And then when I got out of the shower, also side note, my midwife was like brushing my hair in the shower and taking knots out of my hair and she was saying like how like the old white like wise tale is like if there's knots in your hair like I don't even remember what she was saying but she was just being like so sweet to me too and just like trying to relax me during these awful contractions and pains. So I get out of the shower and I look at my midwife and I'm like, I need to sit on the toilet. And she's like, okay, that's fine. So I sit on the toilet and I look at her and I was like, I feel like I need a push. And she's like, that's great. You listen to your body. Like if you need a push, you push. 
So I ended up pushing on the toilet and I felt something come out of me and I thought it was a baby or an organ or something because it was a lot of pressure and then like a pop in like the toilet and I was like oh my gosh what just happened and she's like your water just broke this is amazing that means like baby is moving down like I think you're finally past the seven centimeters like we're doing this and I was like are you sure that was my water because it literally felt like an organ just fell out or a baby and I'm like looking in the toilet and sorry TMI guys but there was like a lot of blood in there and I was like are you sure there's there's nothing in there and she's like honey it was your water so she's like where do you want to birth at and I said I want to like obviously birth in my room um I'm gonna try standing up and pushing because I've read just like a bunch of books and talked to people and they always said like use gravity as your best friend while you are pushing because think about it when you're laying down in a hospital bed you're just like like grunting and pushing and um, laying down like that's not really getting anything out but like with gravity if you're standing up it and while you're pushing, the baby's already coming down, so the gravity is pulling the baby down. So anyways, I said, I'll just stand. She's like, okay, great. So I get back in the bedroom. I get dressed um, and everything, and I start pushing. Well, then my legs started giving out, and I was like, this is a bad idea. Who the heck? Props to women who have ever had a baby standing up because I could not like my legs literally were giving out and I was hanging on to Brandon and I looked at my midwife and I was like uh we need to go into the bed but before we went into the bed I was just telling her how I was just having just awful back pains and that I need energy and I I just I can't do it and she asked me for a old bed sheet and she told me to get down on the ground on all fours and she wrapped the bed sheet around my stomach and she held both hand ends in her hands and she started rubbing like back and forth and like shaking my belly as if she was polishing a bowling ball literally that's how I felt and it probably looked ridiculous but I honestly think that's how Charlie was able to flip um and go away from like me having like the awful back labor and how I progressed so well and so fast was because of that um so after she did that I got on my bed and she looked at me and she said you're not laying down and I was like okay I'm not laying down she's like you're gonna get on all fours and this is how you're gonna push out the baby and I was like are you kidding me so I'm thinking in my head I literally look like a cow I literally look like a cow giving birth on my bed. So I am on all fours. Brandon is up by my face just like cheering me on. Um, My midwife was like, you listen to your body. And whenever a contraction comes and you feel like you need to push, you push. And you push for however long you need to. And you guys are probably thinking, how the heck would you know? And honestly... I can't even describe the experience to you because your body is just made for this and your body just knows. And that is the most amazing thing that I can just 
think like God truly made women's bodies just to know what to do. So when I was in the hospital with AJ, the doctors were telling me like when to push and for how long and then to breathe and relax. But with Charlie, I was able to be in control the entire time and was able to feel my body and feel when to push. So I'm pushing, I'm feeling more and more pressure, and then I hear my midwife say, Brandon, your daughter is like crowning, would you like to come down here and catch her like when she comes out? And my midwife is taking photos the entire time, so Brandon's like, okay. So he leaves me up, you know, like up by my face, and he's down and I just continue pushing and my midwife told me to take my right leg, since I'm on all fours, take my right leg and bring it up um, towards me, like lift it up, like I can't describe it without like bringing your leg like up towards like your face a little bit. So my knee is down, like my left knee is down on the bed and my right knee is kind of just like, you know, like you're kneeling like up in the air or whatever, just to try- stretch out my pelvic bone which totally helped because as I was pushing then her head started slowly coming out obviously then shoulders and from there then it was just like smooth sailing um and Brandon was able to catch Charlie and I wish he was here for the podcast because he said like it was the most amazing experience ever and just like watching her come out and I saw the photos as well and it's remarkable what childbirth really is so um I did ask Brandon if he wanted to be on the podcast side note and he said nah it's not my story to tell it's yours so just wanted to throw that out there um so Charlie comes out I'm in pure shock because I hear her cry and I look in between my legs well first I let out a, this is the exact first words that I said after I gave birth. So proud of myself. I said, holy shit. And I looked in between my legs and I said, is it a girl? And my midwife is like, you can look for yourself because I was having so many dreams that Charlie was not a girl, that she was a boy and we ended up doing all this girl things and she ended up being a boy. So I looked down and I see her just laying there and crying and Brandon just like looking at me and I just went into complete shock um and I am just pure ghostly white meantime my little AJ was awake for two hours of this so he slept all through the night woke up around 7 a.m to see mommy and daddy in the room we're telling him hey sister's gonna be here mommy's gonna push her out so AJ is downstairs with my parents And my parents have no idea when Charlie was, like, coming out. My parents said they only knew that Charlie was here because they heard her cry. Because, again, I was so quiet that, like, I really, I wasn't, like, screaming or anything crazy. So after Charlie came out, my mom came upstairs and she said that I was just, like, as white as a ghost and just super in shock and shaky but um my midwife helped me lay down um they you know were fixing all the padding down there because obviously like I'm bleeding and everything 
and they put Charlie on me and I was just I was literally shaking and I just remember looking at her and saying oh my gosh you have such long fingernails oh my gosh like your little nose and Brandon was right next to me and um, me and Charlie are doing skin to skin and my midwife and her helper are just kind of cleaning up the whole birthing thing and then I felt the urge that something else was like still inside of me to push and I was like what the heck is gonna be coming out of me so I also was laying down and the placenta just like came right out and I was able to see it um because at the hospital they just kind of like pushed and pulled it out and they didn't show me that at all but with Charlie like it was I mean right there um and midwife ended up putting it in a bag and wrapping it up and putting it next to me because Charlie was still attached to that uh, placenta because we um decided to keep her attached for at least you know like 30 to 30 minutes to an hour because there's so many nutrients in the placenta and it's still pumping to her that we just wanted to give her the best nutrients as long as we could so placenta's next to me charlie's in my arms brandon's next to me my midwives are just cleaning up and then my mom brings aj upstairs and i the moment he walked through the door, I'm bawling um, because, sorry, well, I start crying because he just, he looks so big, and the fact that my heart has grown for, you know, like, more love for another child and you're seeing your firstborn walk through those doors and it just it just brings back so many memories with him obviously being born and again he just looks so big and I just remember the moment him walking through the doors he looks at me he looks at Charlie and points and then he starts clapping like I can't even like make this up he ends up clapping and so of course like I'm bawling more Brandon puts him on the bed and Adrian's like pointing to Charlie's nose and eyes and we're saying this is sister's nose eyes ears and he's just so into it it was just such a beautiful moment and obviously like my mom was up there and like got to meet her meet Charlie as well and see her and my dad come up so it was just everything in that moment was so worth the 12 hours of back labor um just able to have my whole family just see this beautiful little girl because I know that if I was in the hospital because of COVID, only Brandon would be in the room with me and the rest of my family and even my son wouldn't have been able to meet Charlie until we got home. So my midwife is cleaning up. Um, we 
uh, cut the umbilical cord. Placenta is free. And we just do skin to skin. And literally three hours after Charlie was born, my midwife was like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, you rest. Have a great rest of your day. And literally, I just got to stay in my room the entire time with my daughter and my mom's bringing me food and water and different drinks and Brandon got to nap like obviously I got to nap too um and then for dinner like I came downstairs my mom made dinner and it kind of was just like a surreal experience like did this really happen like I I'm holding a baby and eating dinner right now like what is life um and that night like again we're just like in our bed and I was just like this is so crazy because in the hospital if you've already had a child you know literally every two hours the doctors and or nurses are checking on you and checking on baby and saying like you need to get up to go pee you need to do this like and all this stuff and I never slept with AJ I was constantly on edge you could hear you know, all the doctors outside in the hall walking and, you know, hospital beeping noises. So like I was never fully relaxed. And when I had this in home with Charlie, I was so relaxed. I felt like I could actually do things after I gave birth to her because, oh, also side note, I didn't rip or tear with Charlie either which is a miracle in itself that I had two children and never ripped or teared with them. Um, But just being able to be at home and in my environment and relaxing and just being able to do whatever like I want truly I think has made my postpartum fourth trimester so much easier than when I had AJ and ended up with some baby blues and postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, So the next day came, my midwife came over to check how we were doing. We take Charlie to the pediatrician um, to get her checked out as well um, and in the systems and then had to do the blood work for Billy Rubin and for you know like the state and everything so we get all of that done and then we had a follow-up appointment on that Monday for Charlie and I was like for the pediatrician and I was like okay whatever so Brandon ends up bringing Charlie Monday to the pediatrician And the pediatrician is like, we need to bring her to the lab and do some blood work because she's kind of looking yellow. And Brandon's like, okay. So he calls me and tells me that. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, bring her home. Let me feed her first because I was breastfeeding at the time. Um, And he brings her home. Then we take her to our hospital's lab to do more blood work and I get some phone calls around 4 or 5 p.m. that night saying hey uh we got the lab work back and her levels for Billy Rubin which is jaundice have jumped from 8 on Friday the level was at 8 on Friday and today's Monday and it is at 20 so therefore we need to call around some hospitals and she's going to have to go into the NICU and be under the blue lights. 
So when I hear that, my brain is racing and rushing because, well, one, I don't want anything to happen to Charlie. Obviously, like, her health trumps everything. But two, the fact that I just had this in-home birth and the whole reason why I had an in-home birth was because I didn't want to be in doctor offices and emergency rooms because of COVID and flu season and now that's literally where we have been like on Friday and then now again on Monday and now we're gonna have to go on to the NICU and everything so I was like okay this is happening isn't it so God just has a sense of humor. He's like, oh, Julia, you can have an in-home birth. That's fine. But we're going to throw a little curveball in there and just see how you do and see how your faith really is with me. So that Monday night, I'm on the phone with the pediatrician. She tells us that we need to drive about an hour away um, down towards Winfield, Illinois to their hospital because it's a Lori's children and therefore if anything awful were to happen they would be able to treat it right away versus one of the regional hospitals up here if something awful were to happen we would have to like life flight her somewhere else so I get in the car it's 8 8:30 at this point 8:30 at night um and me and Charlie start driving the hour to the hospital because Brandon has to stay at home with AJ because only one parent is allowed because of COVID. So I had to do this all around, all alone. Also, I'm two, three days postpartum and I shouldn't even be lifting her at all or the car seat. I should be resting. My hormones are racing, running all over the place and I have to do this all alone and that probably was one of the hardest things besides seeing Charlie so helpless and lifeless under the blue lights um, was being alone and doing all this and trying to remain strong for Charlie as well as um, trying to deal with my emotions um, and everything so we get to the hospital we get her checked into the NICU. I feed her one last time. And then they put these little goggles on her. They strip her down to just her diaper. And they shove her into this enclosed blue light little, it looks like a sun tan. You know, like when you go fake and bake that's literally what she looked like um so of course she was screaming because then they're taking blood I'm trying to like remain calm and strong for her because then like the doctors and nurses are asking me five million questions as well um so I just am trying to be strong for Charlie and I'm watching her just lay there and then she finally stops crying and I can't touch her or anything like that because they said like do not take her out only for feedings um, and then you have to put her right back in and guys it is so hard to just watch your child just lay there 
and not be able to do anything about it. Like, I just wanted to help her so bad by just holding her and cuddling her, but I couldn't do that because she had to be under these lights. So I was praying the entire time. I never slept. I'm keeping Brandon posted. I'm keeping my family posted. I reach out to people asking for prayer. I'm praying as well because I packed items for me and her to last us for four days because the pediatrician said it could take up to like four days for her levels to drop. And so, I mean, I packed stuff thinking I'm going to be in the hospital for a while. This is not going to be fun. I'm, you know, then thinking about AJ and it's just, it was just a surreal experience. So I'm praying over Charlie. I'm singing to her. I'm singing worship songs. And the next morning I'm droggy waking, kind of waking up after my LOL two hours um, sleeping because every two hours I was trying to feed her so that the Billy Rubens would pass and a nurse comes in and she turns off the light that Charlie's under and she says, so her levels have dropped and you can go home today. And I obviously like started crying again and I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, like she's doing so much better. Like, you can take her out and hold her. And so when I took her out and took off those little goggles and she was able to look at me and she let out the biggest smile, again, bald. And then as I'm holding her, she smells like a tanning bed. And I'm like cracking up laughing because it just brings me back to when I was like 16 and tanning. So I'm like holding my tanning bed baby and just texting Brandon, letting him know we're coming home. I'm sobbing. I'm getting everything all packed up, ready to go. Um, And we were able to come home that next day. And then obviously days after, um, you know, for every single day that week, we actually were back at the doctor's, um, back in the pediatrician, seeing my midwife, making sure that Charlie is all good and that her levels were staying down for Billy Rubin, um, and everything, but it's just funny to me to think that I didn't want to be in the hospital setting at all, and then for a week straight, we were constantly in and out of a hospital setting, so never think that once you have a plan, it's going to go accordingly, because there's always curveballs, there are always, there's always something Um, but that pretty much was like her first week of life in a nutshell and it was the most crazy experience again. And do I think I would have another home birth? Absolutely. But Brandon and I are still deciding if we even want another child, but obviously having a four week old right now, we can't think about having another child because we're barely getting any sleep. And we're barely, well, I'm barely eating and everything. So I can't think about another child right now. But I 100% definitely would have another in-home birth because the fact that I was in control and that I felt everything and that I knew what my body needed at the moments instead of having doctors or nurses tell me what my body needed was 
a complete just empowering moment and I also not gonna lie I felt like a superwoman after I gave birth like unmedicated in my home like I also just felt kind of I told Brandon this later and he kind of chuckled at me but I felt just kind of like connected to the women before me like my ancestors who never gave birth into a hospital or might have given in-home birth and then I think about Mary and Joseph and that they gave birth in a barn with animals like I probably would have puked even more smelling all that but the fact that like Mary gave birth to Jesus unmedicated in a stable next to donkeys and cows and horses like I just I felt her pain what she went through but then the love the immense love just staring at your child and the joy and just all the emotions coming out of it so it was just the most surreal experience and I'm obviously an open book and if people want to know more about it you can obviously ask me I have told my birth story to so many of my friends I've shown them the pictures and the pictures are not like g-rated they are definitely up close in personal you see everything um and a couple of my friends and family members have seen them and they're like this is so amazing so I mean, again, I'm an open book and would just like love to talk even more about um, in-home birth if you ever have any questions about it. But I just wanted to hop on and share my birthing story because there have been so many people that have asked me about it and I haven't had the time to just sit down and talk to them. So I thought, why not just throw it out there on my podcast? Also, side note, if you hear some grunting and moving, it's a little Charlie girl because she's sleeping on my shoulders right now because that's the only time I have to record a podcast is when AJ's sleeping and when Charlie's sleeping on me. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me um, via either text message, obviously, if you have my number or social media. But for the meantime, this will probably be one of the last podcasts for at least like a little bit because I'm still just trying to figure out being a mom of two and what that is like. So thank you for listening. Thank you for all your support and prayers during pregnancy as well. And I can't wait for you guys to tune in to um, another podcast episode by me. Not sure when it will come out, but when it will, it will be a good one. So thank you again, everyone.